you then walk straight into either you know preparing dinner collecting kids or whatever it might be you haven't got the time to kind of decompress um so yeah feedback from individuals um has sort of led to the development of this uh, virtual um virtual commute capability i don't think it'll be for everybody but it's it's what's really interesting to me is the fact that they've invested in developing it shows that you know it's it's the, the pandemic has, has driven this and the the way that we work, the change in, in terms of approach is, is kind of here to stay, isn't it? On today's episode of Tech Talks, I'm joined by Kerry Moulton from Microsoft and we're talking all about the future of work and even discussing virtual commuting. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, today joined by Akish, where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news. Today, I am joined by Akish for the podcast. Akish, did you have a nice weekend? That's all right. Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Feels like, feels like I haven't recorded in ages. Um, but you're only off for a week. Only off for a week, yeah. But, you know, miss it. <laughs> now, do you remember earlier in the year, we had Graham Hackland from Williams Team F1 on the show? Yep. Talking about the F1. and Yeah, well, I saw that he put out a tweet... Uh, either yesterday or today, saying, so good to see Roman Grosjean um, absolutely fine, basically, apart from a few minor burns. You know, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Obviously, Graham knows a few of the drivers from his job and having been a CIO in in, in, an F, in a couple of F1 teams, actually, uh, over, over a period of time. But what an amazing example of when research, tech, engineering, and innovation come together. That Halo unit is just, because that crash is insane. Unbelievable, and and for anyone that's not seen it, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know what, how you've not seen it because it's been all over the news. But just everything, I think, uh, as as much as as much as you know, the the people that got to him, I guess, you know, like the first respondents and the the the, the crew and all that sort of stuff. But the guys that have spent months and years just developing that technology, you know, um, and kind of seeing it actually be useful makes up for everything right um yeah seeing, seeing, seeing someone actually walk away and then record a tweet or a video from his hospital bed and saying yeah. and for him saying if it wasn't for that i wouldn't be here um yeah because that car just it, it literally splits into two Ripped pieces half. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um which was crazy and it just goes to show while you're probably watching f1 and you're thinking yeah you know x is a fast driver and they're doing this and they're doing that which is quite funky there's people like CIOs, there's people you know behind on the technology and the research side that are actually helping them do. And the amount job. of data they will have got from that accident, yeah, that they will then be able to put into future R R and D. So I saw one stat where it kind of showed the collision. It showed that he was so he hit he hit at 137 mph, and just the way that they were able to track it and kind of the data, it's just incredible. Yeah, but just shows how important engineering and tech and so on has come together to make what is still a dangerous sport considerably less dangerous than it used to be not too long ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it just shows how and how far we've developed, right? Because F1's a sport that have had their tragedies in, in, in the past. And there's been instances in the 80s and the 90s where things like that have happened to drivers and they've not made it. Yep. To be to be very honest. And well the, far far lesser in terms yeah. of in terms of dramatic I mean you you know if you've seen the the documentary on Senna, they mm. do show the crash in the in the documentary, 
and it's awful to see because you know obviously that it, that, mm. that it's fatal but actually from from a from a visual but it's far less dramatic than the fireball that happened around Grosjean the car doesn't rip into with mm. there isn't a fire like that in the same mm. way but yeah. yeah Grosjean's crash was just horrific to see and amazing that he then walked away from it it's crazy it is very very good and um yeah hope hope he he recovers well actually because you don't want to see that at all no it's mental no it is mental so Big up tech, big up everyone in engineering, big up everyone in safety at F1 for coming together and making making that uh, a, 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 not a tragedy, basically. So mm. bit of a shout out for Graham there as well. Um, go back and have a listen to the show. Bit of a minor plug. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to today's episode, which is with Kerry Moulton, the capability manager, uh, basically the UK IT business partner for Microsoft. We'll hand over to the interview and then myself and Akish will be back with some questions and thoughts afterwards. On today's show, I'm joined by Kerry, uh, Kerry Moulton. You are, is it Moulton or Moulton? Maybe I'm overemphasizing the you there. I say Moulton, but... Um, Moulton. Moulton Should brand. check that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, yes. But it's and, not... And, and appropriate. Appropriate for the times with kind of washing hands and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... You're the uh, you're the UK IT capability manager at Microsoft. Thanks for making some time and having a chat with us today. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. Even better that the kids aren't here. Um, being, a, <laughs> being a distraction, it's really good. Really good. Enjoying working from home at the moment. Absolutely. Look, just a quick one before we get into it. Uh, obviously, most people I would hope are familiar with Microsoft. However, um, capability manager could mean a, a number of different things what exactly do you do within the organization yeah so um i joined microsoft in jan so i've not been there a great length of time um coming up for for, for uh, 10 months but basically i'm the uk's um it business partner so i support the uk leadership team um and uh, and their teams with anything it related so all the um, line of business applications that they use to perform their roles. Um, I'm ultimately responsible for landing, adoption, making sure they're sort of getting the maximum benefit from them um, so they can perform their their jobs to the fullest. Um, And then I've also got overarching responsibility for, for the infrastructure element. So um, all the, the, the office infrastructure, um, the tools we use to support that, et cetera, fall under me from a kind of a, an escalation and support perspective. Now, what I found quite interesting before we hit record, you said there that you joined in in January. You are in a part time role because you have Fridays off, right? I do, I do. I've got um, five year old and a three year old. Actually, sorry, six. He was six yesterday, so six year old and a three year old. <laughs> um, and yeah, spend Fridays with a three year old. I think before she starts school, I just just wanted to have that one on one time with her. Really, I did the same with my son. So um, for the last sort of five years, I've worked in either a sort of a three day a week or four day a week role. Um, mm-hmm. which is, is great. It means I've got that good balance between um, work and home life. It's difficult. Um, you know, it's a, a sort of a director level role at Microsoft um, and it's a full-time role. So, so trying to do that in four days is, is not easy, but I wouldn't at the moment wouldn't want to compromise my, my day with my little one. So um, I make it work and my boss helps me make it work. I, I find it fascinating because you said it was quite difficult to find a role that match that requirement, you know, you, you, as you said there, you're director level, so you're in a senior role, um, but it was hard to find an organisation that had that, that was even four days a week. 
Yeah, yeah, it really was actually. Um, I knew I was ready for a new role, new responsibility, new organisation. I loved Rackspace, love working at Rackspace, but I was ready for a change. Um, so I started looking around and yeah, they're just really, really difficult to find. Um, so I figured, you know what, let's look for a full-time role um, and then mm. hopefully wow them at that interview stage um, and approach them with with the request for a, a reduced hours contract. Um, I think I had to really rely on my network of, of um, contacts. So um, using sort of ex-colleagues who know that, you know, I work hard and, and do achieve um, and asking them to, to sort of help promote me, I guess, um, very much that allyship mm. conversation. Um, so I actually used a, an ex-Rackspace contact that works at Microsoft, um, asked him for his thoughts on on w- whether Microsoft are sort of open to flexible working arrangements. He said, let's try. Um, and he was great in terms of supporting that conversation with the hiring manager for this role, um, even though my, my current manager is actually based in Texas. So they, they didn't know each other, but it's that sort of internal connection um, and sponsoring, you know, me as a as a colleague, somebody he's worked with previously that that got my sort of foot in the door in terms of interview. Because I think without that, I probably wouldn't have uh, got to interview stage. But it's crazy because organisations must certainly, I mean, let's come on to how in a minute how the pandemic might have changed an organisation's attitude, but yeah. missing out on so much potential talent simply by not being flexible in their thinking. And it's positive that Microsoft obviously, whilst they didn't advertise it as a part-time role, were willing to be flexible when they realised um, the capabilities that you could bring to the job. But why not open that net a little bit wider? Because not everyone will have the, uh, I, I suppose, the the foresight to just try and put themselves forward and then change the conversation during the process, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely huge. Um, I'm actually on on Facebook part of a group called Flexible Working for People Like Me. Um, and this conversation comes up continuously. And it's it's really, really interesting, you know, people to sort of see people's approach on it, discuss at what stage during the interview process they broach the subject of, of a flexible arrangement. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you've got to open it up and be flexible if you want to recruit the right talent. Um, especially when organisations are looking for, um, you know, diversity in their leadership teams. They've got to be open to sort of exploring flexible working arrangements if they want, you know, female returners in particular um, mm. to come back after having kids. Um, and I don't I don't actually intend to do part-time forever. Um, you know, when my little one starts school, I'll probably go back to full-time. So I, I do really, really enjoy work and, and everything that it brings. Um, but at the moment, flexibility is was was one of my number one criteria in terms of finding the right role so yeah i hope, I hope um companies are starting to kind of wake up and, and offer that flexibility or at least explore it but let's let's have a chat about this right because let's let being serious what the hell is full-time and part-time now yeah anyway like yeah last night I my my home is my office. This back to work <laughs> narrative from the government is frankly fr- infuriating because it's like, what have I been doing for the last six months anyway? Yeah. Um, I worked last night till nine, having started at seven. Mm-hmm. Today, my attitude is fairly fairly free diary on top of most stuff. Probably go for a couple of hours walk in the afternoon if I'm perfectly honest. And enjoy yeah. the fact that for the first time in five days, it's not disgusting outside and then at the weekend i did the odd bit here and there yeah so you know the 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 idea that 
a day might be part-time or, full, or looking at, sorry, looking at the rhythm of the week as being part-time or full-time. It's just getting the job done, right? It's yeah. just, oh, yeah. you know what your roles and responsibilities are. And so long as you're delivering on those to yeah. the best of your ability, what does yeah. it really matter? No, I, I completely agree. And I think there's a, there's a huge focus on trust, isn't there? Trust between the manager and the employee that you're going to get the job done and you get it done when you need to get it done. And I think um, lockdown, particularly where people had kids at home, like, I didn't do a single day where I was sat at a desk working nine to five or nine to six, whatever it might be. It just didn't happen. Like myself and my husband would look at our diaries sort of the night before and go, ah, I have to do that meeting. I have to do that meeting. Right. In between, can you take the kids for a walk? Right. Can you do this with the kids? You know, it was complete juggle. So working random hours, random times. But yeah, you just have to sort of make it work. But I think people just really, really value that flexibility. And I think the pandemic and lockdown working from home has really emphasized the people the fact that people like flexibility in every sense flexibility in terms of where they're working when they're working um you know some people have gone to holiday homes and are working really really happily they've got the great balance does it matter you know i think we need to look at every role afresh and say right what is the you know what is the profile for this role does it do they have to be in the office? No, they don't. Right. Okay. So that opens our recruitment pool up in terms of geography, um, in terms of offering flexibility in, in, in hours and shape of the day, etc. So yeah, I think I think the pandemic is a really has been a really good thing in that sense, in terms of um making people think. Do you think do you think the biggest, I suppose most powerful aspect of it is that everybody has been forced into this? Whereas previously I've always yeah. felt that if you if you worked from home for even a day or two a week, it was seen as a huge privilege that you're being allowed to work from home. Yeah. It's yeah. really bizarre, kind of like you're being allowed, you know, you should be very grateful that we're letting you do this. Like, yeah, I'm absolutely. still working. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas now because we're all doing it. Yeah, I completely agree. And also um, some of the roles that you just wouldn't have thought would work at home, you've had to make work at home. It's like I think I mentioned um, at the CIO event, things like finance where, you know, you've got these big heavy kind of month-end and quarter-end processes, um, being able to do that role at home, you know, you wouldn't get a sort of a finance team, accounts payable team or accounts receivable team working at home. It just typically wouldn't wouldn't be the arrangement um whereas we've proven that that it can be done so i think yeah there's there's all sorts of teams that that are looking at it with fresh eyes to say you know can it be done and i think yeah i think i think ultimately we talked to as well about is it the end of the office didn't we and i think um i think people just like the flexibility i would love to do you know a couple of days in the office a couple of days at home i think that's like an ideal and those days at home, you know, people just people just don't slack off. You know, it's it's that that balance, isn't it? It's okay. I haven't got a two hour commute on those days, which is great. I can, you know, maybe pick up the kids from school that day. Great. You know, it's just that that flexibility and being able to get the yeah. balance right. And the days in the office, you've got the contact with people, you've got the physical collaboration. Um, yeah, I think uh, happy workforce goes a, a long way. Right? A change of scene. Change of scene. Sick of cooking for yourself, you can use the canteen. There's loads of benefits. <laughs> yeah, although the couple of days I have had when I've been into the office, because uh, because our office is based in in central London, uh, our kitchen our kitchen area in the in the office is kind of out of bounds. Right. And 
and, and everything shut basically so i was like oh <laughs> lunch no- options are really quite limited <laughs> Yeah. I, was quite, I was quite missing my kitchen with options anyway um right look one thing i wanted to ask you about you, you mentioned obviously you're you're in charge of uh the internal capability as, as much as anything and infrastructure but the application side is, is possibly more interesting yeah. um our organization uses teams mm-hmm. um we we i find it quite interesting because we had it rolled out prior to the pandemic and we were encouraged right. to use it rather than email yeah and i was using teams and pinging people on teams and prior to the pandemic got a response from one of my from one of my clients why are you sending me stuff on teams like just use email yeah whereas <laughs> obviously now we all use teams so yeah. i imagine it has been a fantastic opportunity to drive adoption of these applications through many organizations but have you, have you seen that internally as well because i imagine there are some people who they might yeah. work for microsoft but they might be a little bit tied to one or two ways of working and and, and a little bit of business resistance and change there internally even yes, for you absolutely yeah so that is that is the kind of the the biggest component of my role is making sure our internal teams are maximum using our our internal tools to kind of the maximum benefit um mm-hmm. so making sure they're up to date with all the new features they're maximizing the benefit from those um you know all the features around collaboration etc so um when i joined microsoft in january i'd used teams before but probably similar to you in that i've probably used sort of five percent of the features so bit of an eye opener when i joined microsoft and i was like wow okay it can do that it can do that um so yeah sort of the starting point was immediately you know massively massively elevated um but still yeah continuous evolution like we're constantly adding new features um mm. There's that constant education, communication side, making sure that the that the teams are on board um, with those new features and what we're doing. We've got to basically practice what we preach. Our teams are selling this day in, day out. Um, so being kind of exemplars of, of how to use it and the business benefit you can get from it is absolutely key, isn't it? So, yeah, that's my role, making sure our, our teams are, are using it to its fullest. And you mentioned about new new features and, and this one I found was fascinating because earlier you mentioned about the commute. Yeah. And uh, you you said before we hit record that some people maybe miss their commute. Now, I can understand that from an, from, from, from an aspect that people kind of quite liked that time when they weren't either at home or at their desk. Yeah. But I don't quite like people you could, I've, I've, I know of lots of colleagues who've introduced a commute time into their day by yeah. deciding that they'll go for a walk a run or whatever else they'll pop to the shop in the morning and they'll plug in and i know from our podcast stats that people still listen in traditional commute times looking right. at when people are, are listening to the show so yeah. so i really do think that people are taking time to kind of have that rhythm to their day yeah. but you said that you're working you're collaborating with headspace yes to build yeah. a commute feature into teams yeah so there's a there's a couple of different um features that are due to to launch shortly Uh, it was announced a couple of weeks ago at a a conference but um yeah there's basically a virtual commute that's been introduced um back of feedback from people saying do you know what i missed that kind of mental preparation time and i missed the the mental download time at the end of the day it's literally you know you're you're in a room you're doing you're working away you then walk straight into either, you know, preparing dinner, collecting kids, or whatever it might be. You haven't got the time to kind of decompress. Um, mm. So, yeah, feedback from individuals um, has sort of led to the development of this uh, virtual um, 
virtual commute capability and then the par- partnership with headspace um for those of you who don't know headspace it's um sort of um meditation um and uh sort of that that whole um wellness piece um mm. so collaboration with headspace to to bring um meditation capabilities to teams as well so it's going to be really interesting i don't think it'll be for everybody but it's it's what's really interesting to me is the fact that they've invested in developing it shows that you know it's it's the the pandemic has has driven this and the the way that we work the change in, in terms of approach is is kind of here to stay isn't it um mm-hmm. if if it wasn't felt that it was then they wouldn't have invested money in developing these features so um, yeah, absolutely. really really interested to see yeah uh, to see what they're like and what the uptake's like um but yeah it's been well received in terms of the announcement do you think it's as much a kind of a, a signal as well that there is an appreciation that that, that mental well-being of teams and staff matters by yeah. saying you know we're collaborating with with headspace obviously great for headspace to have their products built into your ecosystem but for you to say now this is something that we care about and all oh, right it might not be for everybody but the fact that it's even a feature in in that tool set suggests that it's something we care about yeah, absolutely. I think we were talking about the stats around percentage of managers that are concerned about the the mental well being of their employees it's right like, now. Yeah, I think it's about eighty four percent, wasn't it? Yeah, survey, yeah, yeah. And I, I, th- I mean, I think everybody should be to a degree, or at least it, it needs to be on everybody's radar, doesn't it? Um, mm. it, I think this this period has affected people in so many different ways. Um, that I think, yeah, we it's something that we can't overlook. Um, and I think this is a, a kind of a nod to the fact that we need to take it seriously. Um, and also just exposure to mental health um, facilities, mental health um, options um, just, just aren't quite there at the moment. They're already sort of strained, but... I think they're strained even further. You know, I know from personal experience, I've got people in my family that that require that support and it's not there at the moment. So I think mm-hmm. managers need to be aware and need to really support in terms of uh, understanding where their teams are at from a from a mental health perspective. Um, and yeah, this is just, a, I think, a nod to that and something that, that, that may help. Look, I really appreciate your time this morning. I think it's been fascinating to, to catch up. Uh, interesting new features and um yeah i don't know virtual commute i i, I think i'll, I'll stick to my run i do understand yeah i should try i should try. uh look it's been fascinating to have a chat thanks for your time and uh, enjoy the rest of your day thanks david speak soon now i caught up with kerry about uh six weeks ago now um mm-hmm. and it wasn't long after the launch of the CIO, the HNKPMG joint CIO survey, of which Kerry was a panellist. And a lot of what we talk about in this interview, retention, the future of work, productivity, mental health and well-being, were themes that were picked up in the CIO survey. So I will make sure that there is a link in the show notes to go and register to download a copy of that report, which is free. You just need to give us an email address. But it is a free uh, report Huge amounts of detail, very much based on, on on this conversation. So if this was interesting, go and have a listen to, uh, go and have a read rather of that. But um, yeah, Keish, what, what stood out to you? Um, I think the, the whole kind of part-time versus full-time stuff, really. Just, uh, yeah. you know, being a little bit pragmatic, I think, in our approach at the moment and, and actually just kind of realizing and, and working 
working smartly is a cliche that gets thrown around has been thrown around for years right um you know don't work long work smart all this sort of stuff but actually for once just being you know part of uh being part of a culture being part of a company that lets you kind of thrive um in how you want to work and and, and kind of allowing their colleagues and, and employees to you know work around their own schedule um yeah. you know and then the fact that she was in her job but a part-time type job do you know what I mean? It's just, it's good. It's good to see people actually embracing that, um, you know, and, and, and when, when global players like Microsoft come and do that, it, it will make other organizations also stand up and listen and, and, and hopefully improve. Um, yeah. And I mean, I love the fact that she, she was, she was very clear on the fact that she was clear on not wanting to compromise spending time with the children. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that that was quite clearly something that was not something that she was going to countenance. She yeah. spent time with her son. She wanted to spend time um, with her children in those first few years. And therefore, she was looking for something that was three or four days a week. But at the same time, she didn't want to compromise on her career. Yeah. She wanted to go. She, she, she talks about the fact that she will want to go back to five days a week. Hmm. And obviously, she's a senior exec. Um within technology companies and having worked for, for Rackspace and so on, you know, it's not fair to ask women to choose between a career and a family. And it's oh. great to see her having both the vision to go, I'm going to apply for a full-time job because I can't find a part-time job. I'm going to apply for a full-time job. I'm going to persuade them that I can do this on a part-time basis. And then Microsoft are going, all right, you've got the skills. Four days a week, you can have your Fridays off. Yeah, no, exactly, and and I think it's great because it's been an argument that we've heard for years, right? Like we're we're yeah. senior women or, or women in general have gone, well, if I want to get further in my career, I can't afford to have two years out, you know, on on mat leave and and all that sort of stuff, or you know, because that will just put me behind, and and you know, maybe at the sake of their own desires and their own wishes, they probably go, well, you know, I don't I don't really want to have any kind of family commitments and that sort of thing. Just want to concentrate on my career. And that's unfair on people that, that want that. Do you know what I mean? I think it's uh, kudos to her and, and, and kind of her actually sticking to, you know, kind of what she wanted, because I'm sure there may be plenty of women that hear this, that have actually <clears throat> had to compromise what they want themselves within their yeah. personal life. I mean, for their careers and, um, yeah, you know, a lot of, but everyone's situation is different. You know, some people might be relying on it for income. Some people might be relying on it for, you know, more than other things and, and may not necessarily be able to actually leave for a certain amount of time to have that kid. Whereas, you know, a lot of things can change. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's great in terms of actually having that, there's just the ability to stand up and say, no, this is what I want. And this is how I want it to look like and not compromising on, on the other side. Um, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I also think kudos for them for recognising that it's perfectly possible to do that job in four days out of five. Mm -hmm. The five-day week is such um, a traditional, maybe outdated model. Now, look, you could go, you could go one or two ways, but we're all working from home. Mm. I am not saying that we should be working a four or a three day week. I'm just saying that, and, and Kerry says it again and again, um, people are looking for flexibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just because you 
don't have someone at a desk from nine to five doesn't mean productivity levels drop. And it's one of the things actually that the survey talks about and questions is, and, and one of the big conundrums, I think, and, and debates out there, you know, are productivity levels being positively or negatively impacted by the switch to, to remote working in the face of the pandemic? Mm. And for the vast majority of people, I think the answer is that absolutely productivity is remaining just as high. People don't slack off. Yep. Um, and even roles that were questioned whether or not they could be done working from home have been done working from home absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I think also productivity's probably been a lot higher than people anticipated. I mean, there's no other distractions, is there? Let's be honest. I mean, gyms aren't open, activities aren't happening. Um, uh, the, the the kind of entertainment lifestyle, you know, industries are all shut, so there's no pubs, bars, restaurants that were open. So realistically, unless you've got a load of activities to be doing in your house. It's actually one of the few times where you literally just sit there, head down, focused, and, and get in a zone and, and get on a roll and, and, and actually do the work that's needed. So, I think I think what I'd be keen to see is is maybe just do like a like a some sort of you know survey on 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 bosses or people that run these large companies and say, look, did you expect the pro- productivity to be as good as it is? Um, because I, I assume a large part of them would probably say, I thought people would slack, you know, people wouldn't wake up for for for, for the morning, you know, and, and, and log off and all this sort of thing. And, and work would be delayed, projects would be delayed. But I can't, I, I can only talk from our organization. I think it's been, I think it's been better, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've had to learn the hard way to communicate and different ways to, to speak to each other and, you know, kind of uh, do certain things, but I think everyone was chucked into it at the same time in March, right? So you almost. I don't. Had- I, don't I don't think the productivity levels dropped necessarily in the summer hiatus where we had, you know, mm. eat out to help out and everything. No, no, I don't think everyone went. Oh, sorry, I can go out on a Tuesday evening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think you said it was. It was also at the same time. Part of that was, you know, still being careful, still trying to follow the rules and, and be kind of, you know, as much kind of law abiding as you can, um, because everyone wants to go back to a normal, right? Everyone wants to kind of be in the office a bit more, speak to people, see their loved ones, forget yeah. work, right? See their friends and family. I mean, work, I'll be honest, is, is at the bottom of my list. Um, well, right right now over the festive period, I think most 100%. Hundred yeah. percent. Whether or not I see a colleague, I know you're a colleague of mine, Dave. But you know, I'd, I'd class you as a bit of a mate as well. But you know, I'd rather go see my family. Um, and as I'm, as I'm, you. I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, of course, you know, I'd, I'd I'd love to chill out with you guys again, and and you know, kind of be how we used to be. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, and fingers fingers crossed with vaccines on the way. Yeah, we may see a bit more of. Well, let's face it, uh, in the interview, um, Kerry talks about people wanting uh, to have options and flexibility more than anything. And part of people valuing flexibility is the opportunity to go into the office should you wish. Hmm. So hmm. it's not just, you know, it's, it's a, it is a, it is a, it is a, there's a push and a pull. People want to spend time at home and have more flexibility. Yes, but they do want to see people at the same time. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see how it develops next year. Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose part of that is around that that mental health and well-being piece. Um, I have to say, it also says a lot that she makes that point, doesn't she? That um, that virtual commuting, which I still think is a bit of a bizarre concept, 
those tools and features are being developed. They are not going to spend money developing tools and features if they don't think it's here to stay. Hmm. 100%. I think... I, th- I think the tools and features would help and I think it will only make things a lot slicker um, in the future and also the new way of working I think it will just add on so much more in terms of just the just the experience um, you know that people get because I, I still think there's, there's a lot of stuff that organizations and, and companies need to improve things like the onboarding the you know new people starting people moving um, so I, I think with stuff being kind of made or whatever i think it will definitely help um it's, inter- it's well. interesting though because i don't know whether you'd use the virtual computing platform and i think it's great that um as i said i think it's absolutely amazing that they're doing something and, and collaborating with headspace is a really clear sign that it matters hmm. um I, I don't know whether i'd use that specifically but i don't know about you when i when i first come down in the morning and i turn my laptop on hmm. i'll go on a news website or i'll fuck about to be perfectly honest on youtube for a few minutes Mm. i don't just turn it on and go work Mm. i turn it on and i kind of have 10 15 minutes of of not anything particularly productive and kind of get myself into the right frame of mind i think i think i'm the same as you but it depends how uh you know how how late i'm logging on and how (laughs) how much time i'm leaving it to the first meeting of the day (laughs) so if 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 i do happen to to log on and stuff and i got 15 20 minutes and yeah yeah just kind of make sure everything's as it should be and and kind of for me it's bbc sport um i think for a lot of people it might be uh but yeah if it's uh but if it's not then sometimes i am that guy you know who's uh who's, who's who suddenly just joins onto the meeting uh looking a bit flustered <laughs> but that's because i've run upstairs with trying to not spill a coffee over the carpets which uh yeah which is good mate you should just you surely you've got teams on your phone just join from the kitchen yeah i can and do then just switch to the laptop <laughs> yeah i have i have done that as well i have done that as well um but yeah it's just one of those things right it's it, it's yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's uh it's, it's what kind of we as people kind of use what we as people kind of do in, in our behaviors and and kind of it's good to see that companies are able to to help because not everyone is the same we talk about you know diversity we talk about inclusion a lot on this pod um and it's just good to see stuff happening and and kind of people being embraced in in whatever way suits them and at the end of the day what will make the company you know better more productive and and uh get shit done basically um last question Last question. And this has nothing to do with anything else other than what you just said about coffee. Go on. Making a coffee at home, what is it, instant? Or have you got an espresso machine? Are you, you, know, are you making oh, quite fancy coffees at home? Or? I was I was an instant guy. Um, oh, but you've had to upgrade. I've I've, I've upgraded. Um, because I never drank, I've never really drank coffee at home apart from the weekends, right? You're always out and you know, drink it then. So uh, also with my... Um, girlfriend as well she's a bit of a coffee snob uh so oh, i see so you've had to level up i've had to i've had to level up so there's there's all kinds of things knocking about now there's there's the pour over coffee met like thing um there's also a, a kind of coffee machine um there's only ground beans now so there's no there's none of the, i mean i think there's an instant pot knocking around but yeah it's very emergency emergency yeah use yeah, yeah yeah but it's very uh yeah, there's all kinds of cafetiers and, and filter type stuff knocking about and little Amazon deliveries coming in. Um, so, yeah, it's but it's good, though. It's good. I think it's helping me actually save a lot of money, to be honest, because I didn't really understand how much money I was spending in coffee shops. Um, 
So it's good. It's good. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Virtual commute, saving money there, but you have bought expensive coffee shit. Thank yeah, you. exactly. Right. <laughs> Look, Gish, thanks for your time today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. No news. Um, just a final plug for the CIO survey. Have a look in the show notes. And we'll be back on Friday. Oh.